Hey everybody, good to good to have you back with us as we dive into uh, another episode of the Short Staff Podcast. I'm excited about today's episode. I've noticed I say that every time. I'm what excited about every episode. I'm so excited. But do you know what number it is? I think it's number six. Okay. We're going to be discussing number six. I was right. Uh, math math is hard. Not good with numbers. But There's a good one coming up, seven. Seven's a good number. It's a good number. A we good got to stop after that. No more <laughs> probably, episodes after seven. Probably right, we'll, perfection. Probably will be done after that. But uh, we're, we we tackled baptism, one of the ordinances of the church, uh, last episode, and then today we're going to be focusing on the Lord's <clears throat> Supper, the Lord's Supper, and um, I'd like to get TJ to open us up with the definition of the Lord's Supper. If yeah, you would. yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was thinking about um, because there's uh, several different parts to the Lord's Supper and uh, purposes to it. Um, but I like to think of the Lord's Supper this way: the Lord's Supper is uh, the moment that uh, believers, new covenant members, gather together to partake of uh, bread and fruit of the vine um, in order to enjoy communion with one another and with God to remember uh, Christ's sacrifice, and to anticipate Christ's return. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's significant for us because it, it, uh, it does cause us to look back as a, as, a, as a gathering, as a body of believers on Christ's death. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we just think about what that, um, what that does in each of our hearts. All right. In our lives, as as we gather together and we celebrate the Lord's Supper together, mm-hmm. well, we'll see that when we look at a few texts, especially First Corinthians, when Paul's correcting things up there at the church at Corinth, which was just a motley crew. It was a mess. Uh, it was a mess. Um, it 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 reminds us. You ever wonder if he was writing a current letter to the American church? What that would be. what it would be like? Well, Corinth probably would look like uh, <laughs> they would look good. What he would say to the he American does call, church? Today. You know, it is significant yeah. there in chapter one. He calls them saints, yeah. and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because we're we're not saved by our works. Um, and I'm sure you know we've we've talked a little bit about you know uh, the the visible and invisible church. Right. Not everybody that are church members mm-hmm. are. Born again, right. even though they confess right. with their lips, um, you know, longevity. Many will uh, say to pers- me, Lord, Lord, and on that day, that's a scary, scary passage. And so, persevering is uh, is huge. And so, you know, we see one of the significant things in the meal of the, of the Lord's Supper is that we get to we get to taste the goodness of Jesus. Mm. Um, it reminds us of of what Christ has done. It it reminds us that our our fellowship now relationship is restored with our Creator, with mm-hmm. the Father, but also reminds us that we're that we're uh, united together as brothers and sisters in <laughs> That's Christ. Right. And um, you know, He is He has reconciled us to God and reconciled reconciled us to one another, and is reconciling us mm-hmm. uh, to one another because our relationships aren't always as they should be here because of sin. And so. Right. I love I love what uh, I got a couple books here. Last last week we talked about baptism, and I wanted to wait to the end, but I'll just go ahead and do it because this quote I have is um, there's a church basic series I put out by B and H Publishing, and a little small books that are just excellent resources for um, for the church 
Uh, I like small books. I like mm -hmm. small. Well, I like short books. I do too. Yeah, yeah. short books. Yeah. yeah, small, short. Um, yeah. But these are these are uh, well written by um, uh, series editors Jonathan Lehman and and um, Understanding Baptism, Understanding the Lord's Supper mm -hmm. um, by Bobby Jamison, and they're they're excellent. Both of these uh, brothers, I believe, serve with Nine Marks Ministries as well, mm. which we would we would agree a lot with uh, their understanding of the church. So I, I commend those to you. They're excellent, but. Uh, Jameson says this, it says, In the Lord's Supper, the gospel becomes not just something we hear or even something we see, but something we eat. And, um, you know, all the senses are mm, involved that's right. in the Lord's Supper, and that's important because it's teaching us, it's teaching us a lot of things. So um, anything you guys would like to add to that? I had I a, um, I think it might have been a counseling professor talk about some uh, one of his counselees, um, just really struggling uh, in their walk with Christ and uh, feeling really down on themselves about uh, about about a sin, a particular sin. And you know, he was just reassuring uh, her that you know her sins were forgiven. You know, mm -hmm. she's repented, and she appeared to uh, have you know repented thoroughly. And um, and uh, she was like, I just wish I had you know like like I could feel the Lord you know wrap His arms around me. That that physical reminder mm -hmm. of this. And he, and he said. That you know, at that moment, um, the Lord prompted uh, to his mind. You know, that's part of the the purpose of communion with God in the Lord's Supper is you have that physical um, reminder right. of the Lord's presence and His love for you demonstrated on the cross. Right. Absolutely. Right. And it's it's symbolic in the elements that we partake in. Right. Mm -hmm. um, the bread, which symbolizes the body of Christ that was broken from our sin. Mm -hmm. um, for my sin, for our sin, for all those who believe on Christ, and then also the cup, uh, which represents, uh, you know, uh, Jesus's blood that was poured out for us. You know, and as the Scripture says, without without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so we have been um, Christ has taken on in His flesh sin; uh, it was mm -hmm. imputed to Him, and then His righteousness is imputed to us. Um, at the cross and the shedding of blood is so essential. So when you, when you have these two elements, it does it does affect the emotions and the feelings. Mm -hmm. And everybody's all we, you know we're we're feeling driven people. We we trust our feelings too much, uh, but we are we are made that way. But we got to make sure that our feelings are governed by the scriptures Amen. and not just um, looking for another experience or another mm -hmm. high, another spiritual high. But to be to be governed, and that's why these two uh, I think the drama we, we fail to recognize that all of our being has been affected by the fall. Sure, and that includes our emotions. Yes, mm -hmm. we have fallen emotions. Yes. <clears throat> so we got to be very careful not to trust in our emotions. But we um, there is it is very emotional to follow Jesus, mm -hmm. and and the Lord's Supper does conjure up a lot of emotions. It takes us back to when God. Um, I hope it does. It should bring us back to when God first opened our eyes mm -hmm. to see that we are sinners and that he is holy and our sin is against him, but that Jesus took our sin. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, there was a brokenness uh, and repentance mm -hmm. uh, and when we came to faith in Christ. And, um, and, but there's a joy that comes with that, that mm -hmm. you know, our sin has been dealt with. Our yes. relationship has been restored. And we may not be able to always articulate that at that moment of salvation, um, but each time we take the Lord's Supper, taking it regularly, um, 
we're reminded of these things, mm-hmm. and uh, it encourages us. It's a worshipful time. Um, it's a meaningful time, not just individually, but corporately. So in the Lord's Supper, we should be looking around at one another. Mm-hmm. You know, as we have searched ourselves, yeah. we look around, not that we're watching to see what else is doing, but I see you guys, and I, and I, I remember, I know that, you know, uh, God has saved TJ. God has mm-hmm. saved Tony. Uh, they have they have trusted in Christ's work together. We are together um, now because of the broken body of Jesus and His shed blood. And it's pointing us, you know, it points us forward. We look back to the cross. We look we look forward, as I shared last last time, and I prayed over everything. You guys uh, <laughs> uh, made fun of me, but uh, <laughs> I, I I did that because I, I wanted I, I was thankful hmm. for what God has done. Um, mm-hmm in reconciling us to himself, but reconciling us to one one to another. Right. And our, as I said earlier, our relationships aren't always as they should be, but it points us forward to one day gather together. Revelation talks about this, um, the marriage supper of the Lamb, uh, as his blood-bought sons mm-hmm. and daughters, that uh, we will be in perfect unity then. There won't be Amen. any... Um, there won't be any disagreement among <laughs> brothers and sisters in Christ. And so... There's several uh, several things um, as we as we just consider, um, you know, Passover. It takes us back. Pastor Tony, talk about Passover. How how is the yeah. Lord's Supper linked in with Passover? Yeah, we we uh, we recognize that you know that Christianity is um, is the fulfillment of all that the. Uh, that the promises of the the old covenant, uh, everything in the old, um, even though it's passing away, uh, it is the root, it's the foundation um, mm-hmm. for the New Testament. And when when uh, when you think about the Lord's Supper, it takes us, of course, uh, to the upper room when it was first instituted, mm-hmm. but it takes us much further than that. Yes, <laughs> because we we sometimes fail to remember that we have a Jewish Messiah. Mm-hmm. And that he's gathering his disciples together, and it is not just a coincidence that the crucifixion of the Lord was taking place at Passover. Uh, all of these things orchestrated by the divine hand, you know, as God has, uh, as in, in Christ, we're, we're finding our Passover lamb, mm-hmm. as, as Paul would remind us. So Jesus has gathered his disciples in the upper room to share the Passover meal with them. And when we think about the Passover meal, our minds, of course, go to Exodus, and, mm-hmm. and we go to the Exodus story. And uh, in Exodus 11 and 12, you have that final plague that God is uh, is judging Egypt. He's you know he's given the the ten plagues. The final plague is the most terrifying of all the plagues. And uh, I remember preaching through those plagues a few years ago, and you know that final plague. Uh, whereas before Moses was the instrument that God was using to bring the plague upon the Egyptians. And um, God would bring judgment upon the Egyptians, but spare the Israelites, you know, their cattle would not die, and, mm-hmm. you know, darkness in the land and so forth. He's attacking but all the he, gods of Egypt. He's, yeah, he's tearing them up. <laughs> and and he's demonstrating he is, he is Yahweh. He, mm-hmm. he is Amen. the Lord God. He's the creator. He's the sovereign ruler of the universe and all of creation is being used by him uh, to, to bring about these divine judgments. But the, the final judgment, uh, when you look at chapter 11 
in verse 4, and Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight, I'm going out into the land of Egypt. Mm. This is not now Moses uh, being the instrument of the judgment. Now, holy God is coming down. So now Israel has a problem because holy God is going to be in their midst. Mm -hmm. How in the world are they going to be able to survive holy God walking through their midst? Mm -hmm. And God alone provided the means. Amen. And that was through the blood of the sacrifice. And so God gave the instructions to the people uh, about selecting a lamb. Uh, he gave them the, the specifics of the lamb. And then that lamb uh, was to be slain, uh, the blood was to be caught, uh, they were to take a hyssop, you know, a, a hairy little bush, and, and use it to apply the blood upon the doorpost. Uh, they were to eat the Passover meal together and, uh, and be remembering these things. And, um, and by that, <clears throat> when the Lord passed through, I will pass over you, the judgment, the death would not come to that house simply because the blood was applied. And so there's the, the Passover. And then, you know... And they'd also eat. <laughs> they would eat. Yeah, they would eat the meal together. And, uh, but as the Lord was instructing them... I like that part, he, too. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. Said, uh, he said in 12, <laughs> verse 14, Now this day will be a memorial to you, hmm. and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations... You are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. Mm. And two key words in that, ver in that verse, a memorial and an ordinance, you know? And so, and, and in verse 1, he tells them, verses 1 and 2, this is the beginning of days for you. Mm. They were to mark their calendar mm. by this event. Right. Uh, everything changed with the Passover. And, of course, God then brought his people out of bondage, redeeming them and so forth. But every year... They, had to, they reenacted this in, in their homes, reminding them of the redeeming act of God. And we need reminders. They uh, needed he, reminders then. We need absolutely. reminders now because we're a forgetful people. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's much we could talk about. I mean, we, we don't, we don't and so, remember. You know, and so this, this Passover meal all the way throughout all of the Old Testament, perpetually a memorial to remind the people of God's redeeming work. And then the beauty of it is that um, when the Passover lamb came, mm -hmm. when Christ came, right. the night in which he was betrayed, the, the night in which he was, his last night before going to the cross, he gathers them together and he transforms this Old Testament memorial and institutes a New Testament memorial mm -hmm. for his believers so that we would perpetually be yes. reminded of the redeeming act of God. And how shall we <clears throat> stand before a holy God? Only through mm -hmm. the blood. Amen. And the only way Israel <laughs> you know, would be spared would be the shedding of the blood and putting it on the doorpost because holy God is present. How shall sinners stand before a holy God? Only in the atoning work of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. the shed blood of our Passover lamb. Mm -hmm. And so, man, the beauty, and that's the thing about, you know, Christianity gets lumped in, uh, you know, with all these world religions and philosophies and all this stuff. Christianity is the only religion that is rooted in history mm -hmm. and, and the events of history 
without them, we have no religion. I mean, without the atoning work, without the cross, without uh, the shed blood, without the empty tomb, uh, Christianity doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. We have no it's hope. not. We have no hope. We're left in our sins. Yeah, that's Amen. exactly right. And uh, it. Uh, so, so Jesus comes, and you know, we see the life of Christ recorded for us in the Gospels, mm -hmm. and the Gospels attest to this. Yeah, this, a, is, this is where we find uh, the, the events of the Lord's Supper, or the Last Supper, mm -hmm. uh, recorded for us. And uh, when Jesus gathers his disciples in the upper room, he says, I have fervently mm -hmm. desired to eat this Passover meal with you. And you can find um, the, the Last Supper recorded in the synoptics, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus is going to teach the meaning behind the Last Supper in the Gospel of John, chapter six. Mm -hmm. He says, "If you ha if you do not eat of my Which flesh, move them away." Absolutely, they said they, this, this this teaching is too much for too us. Much. I'm out. I'm out. Yep, <laughs> I'm out. Um, nobody eating you, dog. No, nobody <laughs> eating you, <laughs> man. Yeah. Um, and, and so the uh, the meaning is that might have been a taught too in chapter hip. six. Too hip. That's a little too it's a little hip. Too, right? too hip. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't call the Lord dog. Dog. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> he would be, be he'd be opposite of that. But yeah. probably wasn't in their vernacular either then, right? right? Probably yeah. not. I don't think. Uh, I'm probably, out, yeah. Rabbi. I'm not Yeah, gonna. yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'm out, Rabbi. I'm I think out, we Rabbi. could use that today, too. <laughs> I'm out, Rabbi. Yeah. 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 They didn't understand Eating anything of what he was talking about. They did about not. There. Yeah. And yeah. so he's getting at the meaning behind the sign. Mm -hmm. um, and in the synoptics, they record... Uh, the events in the upper room for us. And Luke 22 uh, is the most expansive um, of, the, of the three synoptics. And I'll just read uh, verses 14 through 23 here. Uh, it's, it says, When the hour came, he, Jesus, reclined at the table and the apostles with him. Then he said to them, I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And so uh, the Passover, the connection between mm -hmm. the Lord's Supper and the Passover, and then we have uh, looking ahead to the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. uh, that anticipation part of the Lord's Supper. Verse 17, then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves, so that communal element, mm -hmm. right? For I tell you, from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance for me. The memorial yeah. aspect right. of the Lord's Supper. Mm -hmm. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But look, the hand of one betraying me is at the table with me. And then he goes on to um, explain uh, Judas's betrayal. Um, but that key part right there is what I want to pick out that we haven't touched on yet. Uh, the new covenant in my blood. And mm. So the old covenant had its signs. Um, we talked about circumcision being that initiatory right, mm -hmm. right into the, the <clears throat> old covenant community. And then you have the perpetual sign of the Passover where right. you identify throughout your life as being part of the old covenant community that God has redeemed right. from bondage in, his, in uh, and Egypt. How and neat, how neat that God, through the feast and through the meal, was teaching the next generation. Right, <clears throat> absolutely. 
Absolutely. And uh, so that's kept in perpetuity. And then you have the new covenant and the new covenant initiatory sign being baptism. Mm -hmm. Um, But then God has given us a a continual sign, a perpetual sign. When we gather together to uh, reenact um, the the Lord's Supper, when we remember Christ's death, um, which established the new covenant. Mm -hmm. And, And so that old covenant right is elevated as now we understand fully the meaning behind it, what it was pointing to. And so now we can take of the elements, the bread mm-hmm. and the fruit of the vine to uh, and, and, and really appreciate and remember what Christ has done for us. And, mm-hmm. and by doing so, uh, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, as Pastor Zad's going to uh, unpack from uh, 1 Corinthians 11 That's right. and the Apostle Paul's teaching. Uh, but one thing I, w- I want to point out is we, there, there are a couple uh, positions are really three positions on the historically. Lord's yeah historically on the Lord's Supper. You've got open communion mm-hmm. in which everyone present can partake. Mm-hmm. You have close communion where anyone who's a believer in the in the company can partake. And then you have closed which only a member of the church of the local church of the lo- of that right. local church mm-hmm. can partake. And we practice close communion where if you're a believer um, in, in our midst, and we're partaking of the Lord's Supper, you, you're part of the New Covenant community, right? right? right. And we invite you to partake. And, yeah. and we, we try to remind people, if, if you're not part of the New Covenant community, right. you should not you should not partake. Right. And this right. goes hand in hand with baptism. That's we true. only give the sign to members of the New right. Covenant. Right. Who can... Who believe, confess, Those and repent. Are the ones right. who have yeah. uh, trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's significant, too, just um, as Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper, it's the first time and the last time he'll take it. Yeah, As yeah. he says, until, uh, until uh, he returns, you know, and in the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so, um, but we get to, he leaves it for us mm-hmm. to remind us each time. And, mm-hmm. um as you were saying there, you know, Paul picks this up. The church at Corinth, as we've already noted, it was a messed up bunch. Uh, we, we relate with them a lot, uh, too much, unfortunately, in today's church. Um, but we're, we're messed up people that God is reorienting our, our minds and our hearts, um, really our minds, to think his thoughts after him. Mm-hmm. And so he, he's, he's sharing with them in 1 Corinthians 11 uh, how to conduct themselves in worship, um, what what they're doing in abusing the Lord's Supper, which is uh, recorded in, in chapter 11, 17 to um, 34. He, he addresses this. Uh, he says this, but in the following instructions, I do commend you because when you come together, you can listen to that over and over. It's not for the better, mm. but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear there are divisions among you. So just real quickly, uh, communion is to be taken together. Mm -hmm. Um, Four believers, and we believe, based on the scriptures, that it is is symbolic of what Christ has done Mm -hmm. in his body and his blood. He says, and I hear that there are divisions among you, and I believe it in part, for there must be factions. Um, These factions are based on selfishness. Factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, 
it is, is it not the Lord's Supper that you eat? For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What, Paul says? Do you not have houses to eat or drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? Mm. What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. And then he reminds them of the Lord's Supper, mm -hmm. of what it's about. It is a, it is a communal um, uh, time as the church gathers, and that's not what was happening here in Corinth. The, the rich were just moving right ahead, and they're the, the poor. They're neglecting the poor who didn't have, uh, who didn't have any food. Mm -hmm. And they're just running right along, and they're getting drunk. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. what an absolute uh, mockery of the Lord's Supper um, that that Paul is correcting them on. And well, so, evidently too, they they were not observing just uh, communion. Right. It, it was the agape love feast. It yeah. was the feast. And, That's right. And so there was there was probably going like to help with a little context uh, of that. Yeah, it's like a potluck yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. and when they were coming together, and and they were totally. Um, oblivious to the greater commandment to love, which mm -hmm. he's going to unpack in, in 1 Corinthians 13. Sure. You know, so they're, they're focused upon their, their little group and, and you know, the, the, the good stuff they brought, and they're disregarding the, the other folks that are in the congregation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so that's what Paul will go on and tell them to examine themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whoever mm -hmm. eats and drinks, uh, eats the, the Lord's Supper and drinks of the cup, in an, in an unworthy, unworthy manner, manner, will be guilty of yeah. sins against the body and the blood of the Lord. Right. <laughs> so that's why they should examine themselves mm -hmm. in verse twenty-eight. And so um, they need to they needed <laughs> they need a refreshment and a correction on that. And so Paul brings that clearly. And so there's there's many implications of the Lord's Supper for us. Uh, what what would be some that you guys see, Pastor Tony? Well, <clears throat> you know. I think that we um, we sometimes forget, you know, when we, we think about the Lord's Supper, you, you know, when you're talking earlier about historically, you know, there, there are various uh, understandings of the Lord's Supper, uh, whether it's uh, transubstantiation, which, which holds the view that mm -hmm. at the pronouncing of the, the blessing of the priest that the elements actually become, even though they do not change in visible appearance, they actually become the body. Change and the essence. blood, and uh, and so you know we do not hold to that. That's the Roman Catholic. And that's view, a Roman the Catholic view. Right. Yeah, and and then I got some notes. You know the um, <laughs> the uh, you know the view uh, that we hold to is it is a memorial. That is uh, again, it is to to be symbolic and to be a reminder of the atoning work of Christ. But you know, there's a middle position that that the the spiritual presence of Christ mm -hmm. in the sharing of communion. And you know, growing up Southern Baptist, uh, I was I was taught just just the symbolic memorial. Yeah. But I think we miss so much if Agreed. we if we leave out the reality that He is present with us when we share communion. Yeah. This was there is nothing yeah. to me that is more um, more in awe mm. of leading the congregation, the reflection time. Um, when, when we're passing out the elements, uh, looking at a congregation of people, encouraging them to search their hearts. 
Mm. but the knowledge that the presence of Christ is gathered with his people Amen. as we're sharing communion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's what, so sweet. That is what, uh, I'll put some notes down. That's what Calvin explained. Yeah. He always affirmed, too, that it was a mystery. Yeah. In that, yeah. And, the, I, and the two... And I'm okay with mystery. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But a lot of people don't like that. I want like to We have to protect it. Yeah. Uh, right. Once you start to try to unravel mystery, That's you're going to fall into a heresy. Sure. Yeah, you should. Sure That's are. exactly yeah. right. But he said, it could be that when the church celebrates the Lord's Supper, the Holy Spirit raises up the church so the church ascends to fellowship with Christ, communion with Christ who is in heaven. And two, another possibility is that the Holy Spirit causes Christ to descend to fellowship and commune with the church as it celebrates the Lord's Supper. So in either case... He's in his people. He's in his people. There's a spiritual presence of Christ Uh, that goes beyond just a memorial. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I uh, I think part of the problem with the American church is that we are... We we so tend to take biblical truth and relegate it denominationally and say, well, this Hmm. denomination, that's their pie. That's what they do. Yeah. Well, if it's biblical, it's biblical. Amen. If it's for the, if it's biblical, yeah. it's for the whole church. I don't care if you're Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to these various terms, you know, uh, I think next episode we're going to be talking about leadership in the church. People get bent out of shape over use of the word elder and pastor and you know, one denomination. Church politics. You know, and bishop. Bishop, yeah. I like that. I like to call if you If it's bishop. biblical, it's biblical. Amen. And so, you know, we get locked into, well, we as Baptists believe this. Well, I'm more concerned what the Bible teaches Amen. than what we as Baptists believe. See, now you don't, you don't sound like a dinosaur now. Yeah. Well, I am a dinosaur. You're, you're cutting so, edge. You're cutting non-denominational. You're a progressive yeah. dinosaur. A progressive you, Yeah, you're a progressive dinosaur. It's an alligator, yeah. right? <laughs> Be a big old alligator. What would you say, Pastor Probably TJ? A sloth. Just an implication. <laughs> a sloth. <laughs> Lord yeah, um, want to communion with God, exactly what you're talking about. And then because we have fellowship with God, um, we have fellowship with one another because we're brought into the same family, same covenant community. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the covenantal nature of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but Got a we'll have a special guest. guest and we're going to have a special guest. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, Bishop Reese, actually. There we well, go. Well, it was going to be a surprise, but... <laughs> Oh, did I say it loud? I didn't say that loud. So, we'll uh, a dear brother that we love, and yeah. uh, excited to have be him a special, on here. Special time, and um, surprise, but, surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> but yes, uh, the communion with one another element that is so far often missed, and I, I completely commend. Uh, that that part in the service when we say we need to reflect on our own individual hearts and and our sins. Um, But uh, I think oftentimes uh, people interpret that as this is just between me and God right here. Right. You know what I mean, Absolutely. and uh, and and we fail to look around. I, well, I really that, that First Corinthians eleven passage, right? Absolutely. Examine yourself. Well, what do they need to examine themselves? They're neglecting one another. They're mistreating one They're another. They're mistreating one another. That's and I exactly think it right. was easier in that day to have a communal aspect right. to, of right. the Lord's Supper when we were around a table Their enjoying whole... a meal. Right. And then within that larger meal, mm-hmm. we're setting aside time, time to, take, to sure. take the Lord's. And maybe that's something we want to re, uh, revisit with our potlucks. Sure. You know what I mean? To, yeah. to really 
recapture. If COVID ever lets us have another potluck. That's right. We're going to kill well, COVID. Have the, meal, of it. have the meal together. Ha- yeah. Have the fried chicken together. Amen. Uh, have have the, the biscuits and gravy. Have it all there together. Yeah. Um, and then after that meal, the end of the meal, uh, have communion together. That, that, that is, might be is, something to yeah, revisit. Because yeah. we're good at eating. I mean, I, I would agree. My, my implication I was thinking through is just it. How a special time of worship it is in reflection. On you know what's so and grace. what is so sad? It, Encouragement it is. is growing yeah. up. Growing up in a in a small rural uh, Southern Baptist church, I heard this all all my growing up days, and we we took communion maybe at most twice a year, mm-hmm. sometimes maybe once a year. Fifth Sunday, you know. Yeah. No, this we had I, it. We I had I it am. at Easter and Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and the thing I was like, I well, we don't want it to become a ritual, you know, so that it loses its beauty. Yeah. And those very same people would sing the same songs every Sunday. They'd sing Amazing Grace every Sunday. Absolutely. But yet we couldn't take communion more yeah. often because we we would it would lose its in a little cabin across the river. Yeah, you yeah. That cottage one? over on the hillside. Yeah. <laughs> but you know the the early church. The, we're gonna be together, were, man. There's not gonna be no cabin over there. I hope you're in a cabin far, <laughs> far away. <laughs> You did call me an agitator. Yeah. Or agitator? What was that? Agitant. 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 Yeah, yeah. So. I do appreciate that. But always here to We're so afraid that up. we're going to make something a ritual. And it yeah. is, you know. Yeah, yeah there are traditions that are good. This is a good tradition. That's right. That yeah. is a biblical tradition. Yeah, yeah and I love the fact that we started picture. We started doing it on the first Sunday of the month. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I, I, I would not, I, I do not fault a church that. That has it every time they gather. That's yeah. right. Another yeah, I don't have any problem I with that. One, that. So yep. I don't have a problem with that. Don't one. you think, too, I mean, this is, this, there, there is such a benefit to, to, to smaller local bodies that can have those meals together and do these things. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't as, you, as the church grows, but I think there's, uh, you know, we're always, uh, or not us, but I, I hear, you know, well, we're just a small church, you know. We're not bigger's not always better. Bigger is not always better, yeah. and and you think about that's what my doctor tells the New me. Testament. These are small local mm-hmm. congregations that many met in homes, and uh, they were they were celebrating the Lord's Supper together over a meal. And, Did you uh, hear me? That's what my doctor keeps telling me. What's that? Bigger's not better. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, there says is you're a... overweight. No, I said I'm under height. <laughs> I tell him if I was seven foot tall, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Absolutely, we'd be we'd be all right. <laughs> it's but not my fault, dog. Being, it's, it's my yeah, being vertically challenged does have uh, consequences. Yeah. Oh, it has its benefits. You get to be on this podcast. Well, if you you're do get to be on this podcast. You don't have to duck going indoors. Or yeah, I don't you know, hit my head through, too often. We don't hit our head well. going into the car. Uh, yeah. There's so many different things getting into a truck, but <laughs> well, we are. <sighs> Have approached that time. In it the, is that moment in the podcast. It's the historical moment. The hysterical, com- uh, historical uh, <laughs> moment comes uh, from a, from a brother. So, give us an example. Yeah, um, church history. Th- there were two that I, I really wanted to, to hit on. Um, one, uh, just just in passing, we do the uh, every other month. You know, pre COVID, right? And, and mm-hmm. Lord willing, uh, once this is all said and done. Uh, we'll get to pick this back up, going into the oh, homes of our, our homebound people right. and sharing communion with them. 
That is from one of the earliest teachings uh, in uh, the church's history. Justin Martyr, mm -hmm. the deacons did this every single week. Mm -hmm. Out of the same uh, batch of bread, they would make the bread all, all at the same time, out of the same batch, mm -hmm. so that we are taking from the same uh, right. chunk of bread, and then the deacons would, would go into the, the homes of uh, those who couldn't Sorry. make the gathering. Um, that's just one thing in passing that I, I wanted to say. Um, but we mentioned how... Um, it, and by it, the way, for them to know who was not at the Lord's Supper, oh, somebody yeah. had to be, there had to be a membership, there had to be, uh, somebody knew who was in, yeah, that's who, right. was who was in and who was, and who was not hey, able to come yeah. to the, You're jumping into another come to the table. actually. Am I really? Membership. Two weeks from now. Okay. So, Our special right. guest, man. So to take the Lord's Supper, we haven't even talked about this. You need to be born again. You need to be born again. And well, A new covenant the, me, uh, member. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which meant you were what? Yeah, you were born again. You were born again, and you were baptized. Yep. Yeah, you were yeah. baptized. Yep. So, go ahead. Um, sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. Um, There's tons of stuff we probably could talk about yeah. further. But. Well, we hit on that, but, you know, as far as, like, after baptism, you know, that was another thing mm -hmm. that, that they would withhold uh, participation at the Lord's table until after you were baptized mm -hmm. because that's the first sign. That's the initiatory that's sign. Right. Then you have the perpetual sign after that. But we talked about how um, at the end of... Um, the uh, Middle Ages, you have various views. Um, transubstantiation, which comes Correct. out of the Middle Ages. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned that one. And then uh, you mentioned Calvin's view. During the time of the Reformation, uh, the Lord's Supper was revisited. Right. You know, how do we rightly understand this? The yep. Mass is obviously <laughs> heretical. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. a blasphemy. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, Roman Catho uh, Catholic Mass is a blasphemy against uh, God the Son. Mm. And, um, and so we, we can't accept transubstantiation. Luther right. went for a consubstantiation view. Mm -hmm. right. uh, with Christ is with us. You can't divide between the essence and what um, they justified as the accidents. Right. Um, the accidents don't change, which is like the appearance of mm -hmm. the elements, but the essence does. Right. Luther can't do that, he said. <clears throat> um, and so um, there's that view, the consubstantiation. Christ is with us. In reality, um, and then you have the spiritual view with Zwingli and Calvin, mm -hmm. and then the, the memorial view, uh, which is also developed. Um, but the reason why there were so many views is because, again, there's a confusion of sign and reality. Right. Just like with baptism. You, we had right. you know, those, uh, the pedo-baptism and, um, yeah, and then also... Uh, uh, baptismal regeneration, both of them are confusions of sign and reality. The same is with all these various views that deviate right. from the memorial spiritual. Mm -hmm. um, and you can pretty much say the Reformation, what it is, it's a return to Augustinianism. Mm -hmm. And that's the guy I want to talk about today. Uh -oh. So that was a long prelude to uh, Augustine of Hippo. Which I named my firstborn son after you did. him. Yep. You did do that. I uh, thought I, you were going to go with Zadra. I was not. I do like your name, Zadra, though. Zadra. Charles Spurgeon Whitehead. <laughs> but oh. you didn't go with that. Well, I I really wanted <laughs> Athanasius, but Kayla wouldn't. Yeah. Didn't she wouldn't buy it. Yeah. But um, well, he would be won. up against the world. He would, man. <laughs> We're setting him up for going up against the world. Uh, I'll, Thanks, bring, I'll bring him in in Thanks, another. Dad. Yeah, that's right. I'll bring him in in another podcast. <laughs> Augustine of Hippo, though, he was uh, born in, in AD 354. Uh, to a pagan father and a Christian mother. And uh, the father wanted all the worldly benefits for Augustine. And, uh, and so he saw to it that he got an education. 
Through that, though, uh, Augustine, and this is all recorded in his autobiography, which is also simultaneously a prayer to the Lord, Mm. Um, uh, his book, Confessions. I commend that to every believer. And uh, and while he was pursuing his education, uh, he was uh, just a rascal of a of a child. Uh, is pretty much how he describes himself. And his mother very much concerned about his salvation. Mm. Um, he takes on a concubine, has a kid uh, with her, and uh, he he ends up um, pursuing a a teaching uh, position which takes him to a few different cities, and his mother with him. While they're in Milan, um, his mother recommends he listen to uh, this Bishop Ambrose. And Ambrose is preaching uh, for Augustine, just really opened up his eyes to everything that he had struggled with in the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, he began to, uh, to get discipled by Ambrose's theological tutor, and uh, and others and eventually the lord grabs hold of him out of a passage in the book of romans and and he he's converted man he comes to faith in christ it's an awesome conversion romans has messed up a bunch of people. oh man it really has um and Left so me in a couple knots several times <laughs> he comes to faith hmm. and uh his uh his career in rhetoric uh god used that to prepare him to be an excellent preacher and a theologian, a pastor. Um, and, and most of the time we think about these guys in just their theological discipline. But in this day, it was the pastor theologian. Yeah. The theologians were pastors. And I want to, uh, to look more into his pastoral side. So I, I picked out of a couple of his sermons where he teaches on uh, the Lord's Supper uh, so that we get a not just a theological... Um, view of Augustine and on his predestination of the saints or on the city mm-hmm. of God, right? Those master treatises, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, his pastoral heart uh, to instruct the congregation in the meaning of the Lord's Supper. And this is why I say the Reformation is a return to Augustinianism in various ways. The same is with the Lord's Supper, because Augustine taught that the Lord's Supper is a visible sign of an invisible reality. Mm. And so separating the reality and the sign so that those two are not confused, right. right? which the church will later confuse in the Middle Ages. But this is what he says in his exposition of Psalm 99, verse 8. He says this, Although it is needful that this be visibly celebrated, it must be spiritually understood. Mm. And so as we come to the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. right, we're not, um, we're not eating the body and, and blood of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. We must understand these things as teaching spiritual lessons, deep spiritual truths, which Christ taught us. And then in another uh, sermon, in his collected works of sermons, this is Sermon 272, if you want to look it up, you can find these online. Uh, but this is uh, this is his teaching on how the Lord's Supper is, it is a communion with one another. Augustine was online? Augustine is now online. Oh, I guess. Yeah. He wasn't then, yeah. He would not he understand what that meant. He was connected big time. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, man. He, he says this. Al Gore invented it. <laughs> Al Gore has made a it's spot not, on that's the podcast. Not true either. I didn't think his name would come up. I was up. really hoping Bless it would him. never come up. <laughs> yeah. He, he, this is what he teaches. One bread. What is this one bread? The one body which we, being many, are. 
Remember that bread is not made from one grain, but from many. So too with the wine. Brothers and sisters, just remind yourselves what wine is made from. Many grapes, which hang in a bunch. But the juice from the grapes is poured together into one vessel. That too is how the Lord Christ signified us, how he wished us to belong to him, how he consecrated the sacrament of our peace and unity on his table. Mm. Not only representing uh, Christ's uh, body and, and blood poured out for us, but also our unity as we are mm. united to him. And yeah, I we love, are the body of Christ. We are the mm. body of Christ. And many members, one body. How the many grains, right? That's, that's how we are. But we're brought together into one, one bread. Mm. And the many grapes poured together into one cup. I mm. love that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Few yep. nuts, pretty good. Mm. <laughs> There's a few nuts in the mix. <laughs> a few nuts, grapes. The, and nuts. the real key is identifying if you're a grape or a nut. Yeah. And if you're not sure, we're gonna go with nut. The, the Lord you're will separate not. the grapes from the nuts. I think that's biblical. Yeah, no, is so. that sheep and goat? Yeah, it might be. Okay, well, tares and wheat, <laughs> grapes and nuts. I got cereal at that. Grape nut cereal. Grape nuts. That's exactly right. It's pretty terrible. Well, 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 I like everybody. I chip a tooth when I eat that stuff. But I hope, uh, <clears throat> hope, man, you're, you're being encouraged by just some of the content and the discussion. And um, that is our prayer, is that you would, you'd be encouraged to know just more about the church as we discuss uh, characteristics of the church. And uh, next, uh, next time we uh, gather together, we'll, uh, we'll be talking about church polity and uh, defining that and, and looking at looking at that a bit further so until then uh, take care god bless talk to you soon